You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. How are you? Gary, I was watching 60 Minutes. Uh, were you, how long is that show? Uh, it's uh, 60 Minutes. Oh, okay. And they were doing a story on the Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. And they were showing these Syrian refugees who are in these camps for years, waiting two years to go through the extensive vetting process before they are allowed to come to the United States. Okay. And to show this extensive vetting process, they panned the camera across all of these people covered in dirt. They're living in tents. Yeah, I th- I've seen a couple of them. Right. They, they, it's subject, awful. Yeah. It's awful the way that they're living. Worst possible scenario. Terrible. And, they're, and, they, and they panned and stopped on three guys sitting in plastic chairs in a room with no air conditioning, covered in dust and dirt, living hand to mouth for the last two years. It's terrible. And the guy in the front row, in the middle, was wearing a Hooters cap. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to know how the Hooters cap gets from, you know, Hooters Fort Lauderdale to Syrian refugee guys uh, <laughs> waiting to come to America in a camp. Is it like I when was, a Hooters closes, they just ship all the I leftover memorabilia to the third world, like they do with Super like Bowl shirts? Like Super Bowl shirts. I know yeah. that they send Super Bowl shirts to, you know, to other, but like, how did, I just, I just, I'm, I'm watching it with very in, great interest, this Look, story, and then I'm like, wait a minute, is that a Hooters hat? If I was a refugee and I was trying to fit in and look more American so that I could, you know, ma- ma- all, make it through the vetting process, would anything be more American than a Hooters ball cap? All part of his master plan to get through to America is what he's Genius, saying. Boo Ray Perry. He's sitting, they're Genius. gathered around a, a burning trash can with tires in it at night freezing, and they're talking to each other. How can we possibly get to America? I have no idea what the accent would be like. So it's, 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 <laughs> no, I don't know. It's like a little, I don't know, Italian there or whatever. Yeah, let's not how be could we get to, These people are in we, real trouble. How yeah. could we get to America? I know. Sergio. His name's not Sergio. What's the Serbian? I have no idea what his no, Serbian name either. is. But for the, for the purposes Syrian. of this dramatization, it will be Sergio. <laughs> Sergio. Sergio, wear the Hooters cap. Yes. There was a man once. My cousin got through wearing was, a Mickey Mouse sweater. He was wearing a Mickey Mouse sweater. I'm telling you, the Hooters cap is boss. You will get through with the Hooters cap. Okay, and in no way do we intend to make light of the situation. No, absolutely but, not. But it is funny to have, like, how does the Hooters how cap does the from Hooters Fort Lauderdale... Get into a Syrian refugee camp? I don't know. I don't know, no but, I, but I would like that. It's like, you know, I'd like to see a documentary tracing the history <laughs> of the Hooters cap. I'll say it sounds like a really interesting student film. You right. Know? Like, you know, coming off the line at some factory in China, then it comes over here... And hangs because, on a wall in a Hooters for yeah, six years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the a display hat, and then right. they close it down, box everything up, and they send it to yeah. like, you know Doctors Without Borders. Or then, yeah, some guy, you know, some guy crossing a river, escaping a war and famine, but he's got his Hooters cap. It's Don't the only thing it. he brought with him from his uh, from his apartment before it was destroyed. How else? What better way can you think to show your love of America? I don't know. And there is no better way. I just thought beer, wings, and women with tight clothes Man, on. How did the Hooters cap end up in the Syrian refugee? The world may never know. I don't know. All right, we have a, a fantastic guest on the show today. Joining us live from Jacksonville, Florida is uh, a man who when it comes to efficiency, I know I know no one on this planet who yes. is more obsessed with efficiency than Kevin I Floyd. I think I may have said before Kevin Floyd who we've mentioned on the show before is the Michael Jordan of of efficiency. Yes. He Kevin, really is. are you there? I am here. All right. I went and saw uh, Kevin uh, Kevin's home in his home studio. And when you walk into his home studio, which is very small, you are immediately struck by how everything 
seems to be it's like space agey it's just a, everything has a purpose and everything serves its purpose it's all utility yeah. and there is nothing that is there that doesn't need to be there and kevin knows where everything is right and he knows how to get everything he needs and i thought this is a guy we should have on the podcast right because so many people have home studios myself included and i know that he has been through 10 iterations of every possible thing in the world to find out what works best. I, I know this, Kevin. I know this about you. Just about everybody I know who knows you has learned some kind of cool trick of how to make their lives a little easier from you. So we would love to get you to share with us some of your efficiency tips for running a home studio. Well, I don't think there's any real secret to it, but you have to have a goal and a plan and you know somewhere you're headed. And one of the things that I wanted to do when I started my studio was I did not want it to look like a home studio. And finally, um, I, I interview people when they leave here and a lot of times saying, what's the most impressive thing here or what, what about the studio do you like? <laughs> and they will actually come and say, um, you know, all kind of different things. But I just taught at Super Monday and one of the ladies that left, she said, you know, this is a home studio, but it does not feel like a home studio. It actually feels like you're in a regular real photography studio and okay. I think that's things that I'm really you know proud of but um the other thing is I have a boy scout manual I sit out and I have little things to remind myself of things and one of the boy scout manuals is to remind me to be prepared and when I look at stuff and I go around in the studio and walk around it's um something that Greg Daniels said one time and he said you know you need a fresh set of eyes to come through your studio so when you walk through your studio People will point out stuff, hey, you need to paint that, you need to take care of that, and do these little different things, but, you know, you can do it yourself, so you just walk around the studio and look and say, hey, I need to take care of this, or this could be better. You know, that's actually a pretty great idea. I'm thinking, as you're saying, I'm thinking about all the things I need to do at my studio. I'm like, the front door yeah. off of my lobby that goes back into the in the camera room has, like, scuff marks for me kicking it open with my foot every time I come to work because I'm always carrying camera bags and stuff. And just little things like that that I don't, you know, you don't see them because you walk by them all the time. And then, you know, it's uh, something that you should take care of because people will notice. Because I've been in other photographer studios and I've had that thought. I look at them like, they should vacuum more. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's really dusty in here. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done anything with my home studio yet. I keep putting it off because I know... Once I start... Which, Why don't you just have Kevin come over? Yeah, that's what I should do. Just Kevin, come over and take care of the entire home studio for me. Set it up. Actually, when I was... Um, I, I didn't get married until I was about 37. And when I did, I had lived in a house. And the whole house is full of my entire stuff. So I had a four-bedroom house. And everything was all mine. And so we are moving in together. And so I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And I actually hired a professional organizer. And she came over for 10 days. And she taught me how to sort through things and just get rid of things. Huh. And that was probably one Talk of the about life. a useful workshop. Right? Wow. Like, <laughs> wow. And now I can actually do that for other people. In fact, um, Kevin Jimenez from Georgia, his wife was saying how they wanted me to come by and, and do their studio. Hey, so you got some stuff put together for us as far as, uh, you know, you got some tips. So uh, let's start rocking through and finding out what ways we can uh, optimize those home studios. Uh, well, one thing is the backgrounds, and we, of course, y'all talked about the magnet wall, and I saw that from Serendipity, and they had magnets on magnets, and I put the little metal plates from Home Depot on the wall. Um, I actually got an electronic background system up, and I wanted another background, so what I did was I lowered the background all the way to the floor, and I took a pencil, and I traced up the side of the background, and so that left some marks on the side of the wall, and I actually painted the wall gray, so that actually 
gave me the Vogue gray background. Hmm. You know, what's what's interesting about the magnet wall is I think that if you're using background stands or even hooks or anything like that, it can give you, if you've got a small shooting space, it can give you up to even a couple of feet more space to shoot in, which could be, if you're you're working on a small space, even another foot or six inches could make a difference. Yeah, I love the magnet wall. Once I saw his, uh, I went to Jacksonville, I went to his house because I was going to buy his old track system that he had gotten rid of, and then I saw his magnet wall, and I was like, no, thank you. I don't want the track system now. I want the magnet wall. <laughs> you really screwed yourself yeah, out of did. a sale there, Kevin. And so then I came home and I set it up. The, this, this set up the same thing he's got, except his is nice because like he paints he paints everything to match the wall, and it's just beautiful. And, and I'm more of a it looks. I don't care if it looks like a garage. Yeah, mine would look like a steampunk yeah. junkyard. <laughs> that's, you know? that's the way mine. <laughs> I looks. can't have anything in my. Yeah, this is all nice and perfect, and he, anyway, he pays attention to all the details. Yeah, you know, well, there's got to be a detail oriented person to really work this, but it doesn't mean that you can't take a few of these tips home. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I remember Dean Collins said one time that the more it's photography is theater and the more you can make it look like theater, the better. And so I'm actually putting a theater type backdrop around the my electronic background system. So when they come in, they just have that total feel of, wow, this is a really nice place. Yeah, there is something to be said for, especially if you're selling higher end products or you're more expensive or you're in like a boutique business. It automatically it's sort of like without having to justify what you charge and when when you're place is really impressive it automatically puts them in the mindset you know you ever walk into a store and get that feeling like i'm going to spend a lot of money here right you know what i mean and i think that there's a way that if you walk into the difference between going to the salvation army store and then going to you know anthropology you know there's clearly (laughs) going to be a difference in merchandising and one says i'm going to get a a a shirt for two dollars and the other says i'm going to spend four hundred dollars on this cup and saucer you know right the menswear department at neiman marcus obviously when you walk in there is going to be more expensive than target because you get like your own salesperson yeah (laughs) walking around with you to get clothes you're like yeah i probably shouldn't be in here i'm gonna go back to target all right what else you got kevin um, well, you, you know, I got those rolling um, tool cabinets, and those things are really nice because you can really organize all your stuff in those tool cabinets. You mean like the um, uh, like the the ones you can get at Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff with all the drawers? They're black. Uh-huh. They're they're black, and so when they fit in there, they don't look out of place. Is there a particular brand that you use or recommend of those? It's the Husky ones are the cheap ones, and they're great. Yeah, Husky. Okay. So it's like Husky brand tools, and they and I'm I'm, I'm picturing in my head. One of these things that's usually like in a garage and it's got all the sliding drawers for yeah, wrenches. That's exactly and stuff like what that. he's got. He's got like two of them. Okay. And every drawer, well, when you pull it out, everything in there is perfectly uh, lined up and and just perfect and pristine. Ooh man, that's yeah. that's that, like um, there's some OCD listeners yeah. out there that that's really. Doing it's like it in the them. movies when the when the uh, a paid assassin goes and opens up his gun cabinet <laughs> and all the guns are just lined <laughs> up. It's <laughs> exactly what Kevin's like. Right. Okay. I got you. So um and, and those um, what is there a size or like a, how much can somebody expect to, to spend on those a couple hundred to a couple hundred dollars depending on which ones uh, the, the one that's my favorite it doesn't have a top piece it's got a uh, wooden board on the top of it so it looks really nice on top it really doesn't look like the um like a butcher block cabinet. kind of top to you'd be surprised yeah, you'd be surprised how affordable they are if you go to like home depot or lowe's and take a look at them they're not because, as bad as you'd think you know in like the back room of my studio i there's the door my my lobby and then my camera room are there's nothing in them they're really like lean and clean looking but if you open the door to go back into like the storage, it's literally just it looks like like 
a, a junkyard, right? <laughs> so it's like, hey, I need to go find a pocket wizard, and I go into the back, and I have to like dig through a bunch of stuff and like find the one thing that I'm looking for. Like my beauty dish is underneath, you know, another softbox that's kind of stuffed back there that's got a background laying on top of it, and I could really do with getting more organized. So yeah, there you go. What else? Cool to have all what else, Kevin? Together. Tip number three. Well, you've been here, Bure. What did you see? <laughs> <laughs> that's about- it. He's got two things. <laughs> good, good show, Kev. Good show. Good job. Well, I actually, I actually put up the, um, remember the um, thing that Bure was going to buy and didn't buy? I actually put it up after he left. The, 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 the background track system? The track system. Would you have a track system in, in your studio? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. My dad was on the curves. Every time you tried to move it around the curve, it would just get hung up because I didn't have it um, lined up properly. So I took all the curves out and put the straight pieces up. So um, another tip I have is when you have something, before you go buy something out, see if you can use what you have. I got a 10-foot electronic background system, but I had a 12-foot um, nice canvas backdrop. And it was sitting there, and I couldn't use it. So I put that thing up in the saw, radio arm saw, and I cut six inches off each side. And people thought I was crazy. But <laughs> What are you doing? Well, I took something I couldn't use, and now I use it all the time because it's installed. Right. Like, it just, it just seemed you, you wouldn't necessarily think to cut up a background you spent probably five or $600 on. But, you know, now you actually get to use it. I think every photographer I know with a studio has probably you know, a dozen backgrounds that they don't even pull out. You right, know? right. Because the backgrounds in general are a huge pain in the butt to yes. put up and take down, yes. which, is like, which is why it's worth doing a track system or doing an electronic background because for the first few years we were in business, I just used the, you know, the portable background stand and pole. To it takes up, it up so much space. But here's the thing. And I'm, if I'm in the middle of a session and I wanted to switch to a different background, I had to stop, take it down, you know, and it was like, and it's, if you're using seamless paper, then you got to take like, do a Chevy Chase you know, Laurel and Hardy yeah. bit with like the ladder on your shoulder, you know, just spinning around. <laughs> Take this piece of lumber over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, you pull the three stooges in. You know, again, as part of that experience, if you got your systems in place, it makes you look more professional. It doesn't just make your life easier. I think it make you look more professional to your clients because now I've got one whole side of my studio painted white, the whole other side painted black, and then I've got, you know, the background rail system that I just pull the background around like a curtain, and it saves me. I can get more in a session now instead of taking another extra 10 minutes just to break everything down and set it back up so one of the things i noticed that kevin was pointing out to me in his studio and and you can elaborate on this for us uh, kevin is when it comes to shooting i noticed that you have uh, taken a lot of steps to make it easier for you to set up and shoot in whatever particular type of scene or style that you want to work with i noticed you had marked up your floor for where your yes. for where your for your stuff goes also i noticed you marked up a lot of your lights you're like you had a color coding system for your lights and stuff i do um i just got those little you know, there are bright dots that you use for a yard sale, and I just put those on the ground in the studio so I can repeat anything I want to do very quickly. And wow. I just use different colored dots. And you so you I, mean you I don't do put... what I do and make it up every single yeah. time? Yeah. <laughs> no. If someone comes in well, and, they, and they need a headshot, he's just got it's marked on the floor. He knows exactly where to put his lights, so it's the same headshot he always does. Ah, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. And so, how, and do you have the uh, you have it marked out on the floor, and you color code your lights? Well, the, the, I use a green set and an orange set and a pink set, so each one is for a different lighting setup. Oh, you're talking about for, uh, like, alien bees, they come in different colors kind of a thing? No, all, my, all mine are black. No, he puts a sticker. Thing. Like, he has a green sticker, a sticker that tells him, like, there's a green sticker on the floor and a green sticker on this light, and he knows that the green light goes on the green sticker. Oh. And the, and the oh. orange, and et cetera. And, well, the other thing is I even put them on the edge of the softbox. I know approximately the edge of those softboxes, I have a green dot. If you went to the edge of the softbox and went straight down to the floor, 
I just put those dots on the edge of that box. So it's a good, it's approximate starting place. And it's Holy close. crap. Yeah. So he can look and see there's the green dot on the floor. Here's the green dot on the soft box. Line those up in a, basically in a straight up and down line. And that's where my soft box goes. Kevin, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a serious question. <laughs> Who messed you up as a kid? Like who did somebody somebody messed you up? Did you have like did you go to Catholic school and the nuns beat you with rulers or something? Like this is uh, an extreme. No, it's but you think about it when someone comes it in to get a picture so taken, sense. he gets it done in half the time no, because it, he doesn't have to sit there and figure it all out again. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense, but seriously, I just can't even I admire it so much and then but just thinking about all the thought that you have to put into it just makes my brain hurt. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like you're doing all this thinking ahead of time, putting everything in place, and then it saves you just a ton of time later, which is amazing. I'm going to defend Kevin here. I don't think it does take a lot of time. He sets up and he shoots a headshot, for example, and then after he says goodbye to the client, he walks in with his little, he pulls out his little package of stickies, and he goes green dot, green dot, green dot, green dot. He labels everything, and then he's done. Because, you know, he's labeled everything where it's supposed to be. And, you know, because it used to be what they would do, right, Kevin, I'm sure you know, is they would take a, a string and they would tie a string to your stand. Some people still do. Still that. do. And that way you would take the string and see exactly how far, you know, your stand is supposed to be from your person. Just stretch the string to them. Well, it's basically the same concept except without the string. Also, I noticed you have you keep clips, like alligator clips or, or the little clips that you uh, – I, I noticed you had a lot like of those. Like the notebook clips? Like yeah, the, the notebook clips. You keep, those, you keep those clipped on your soft boxes so that if you need to adjust clothes, you can do that, right? Well, the thing about it is the shirts get all baggy, especially on the guys. And so if you have them where you can see them in line of sight, you'll actually use them. Yeah, of, right. You going, wouldn't, yeah. I wish I had done that. Ah, by having that clip right there where you see it all the time, it reminds you to fix, fix shirts and these fix are clothes. The, these are the little plastic like uh, uh, notebook clips, right? Like you, you, well, they're, you, they're, the, they're the metal. And um, if you go to my um, – they're black metal and they have two silver little – Things on the yeah, when you've got a ream of paper and someone's giving you a, a bunch of paper, this it's the clip they use to hold all the paper together. Yeah, yeah, no, right. I, I mean you can get you can get like a box of those for two dollars at Office Depot, right? And he keeps them right there. And and what I really like is where you said it's called a binder clip. Yeah, when you what I really binder. like is, is that you said when they're in your eyesight, it reminds you to use them, right? And that's like to me that's a big deal because you won't you won't you don't think about this stuff like that until. Later, after the client's gone, you look at the pictures and you go, oh, you know, it would have been nice if that shirt had been a little more snug or a little more trim or whatever. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things, depending on what you're shooting, especially families and stuff. Not everybody is like, I work with a lot of professionals, and if you've got a lot of money and you work in a high-end business, one of the things that these, these gentlemen and ladies always have is they have clothes that fit really well. They have really nicely tailored clothes. But, like, you shoot a family, and it's like mom and dad. Dad's usually just a dude, right. you know, and he just wears whatever, you know. And so, you know, big baggy clothes is one of the things you deal with all the time where you look at and you're like, man, if, if this guy had just had it a little more together, it would have really made the shot. But he's just got a big tent. And to have those little things on there to remind you, use them would be pretty awesome. Also, by the way, as a side note, um, three seventy nine a pack for um, a pack of 24 Office Depot brand binder, binder clips, medium size, $3.79. Thank you. And we are now sponsored by Office Depot, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, what else do you have for us? What, what, what has made your life more efficient? Anything? Well, you know, I, I just walk in there and I look and I sit down and look at stuff and say, how can I do this? Because I, I went with so many different photographers for so many years. I mean, for years I went with photographers. And anytime I saw something I liked, I wrote it down. Anytime I go out of town, I try to go to somebody's studio and go through it and make notes on how to do that. That's one thing I um, will say about Kevin is like every seminar, 
class workshop, no matter. And Kevin, and, and let me give you a couple bona fides if you not know who Kevin Floyd is. He's a master photographer, certified professional. He's a strong competitor. Like he's not just like some dude. Like this guy is a great photographer. Sure, but he is one of these guys. He has a successful business, but he's on the front row of every class taking notes, right. like making sure that he is learning the best way to do everything, every way Ooh. he possibly can. Oh, I know, Kevin. Describe to us um, the buckets. That you did, that you make for holding your light stands. Oh, the buckets. Well, I've actually gone on from that, but I do have some buckets. I have. <laughs> he's, he found a better way to do. Hey, it. I was just there like uh, a month ago, and he's already moved on. <laughs> well, I went to F Florida convention, and when I was there, there were some rolling light stands, and somebody bought them, and I was so disappointed because I've been looking for those for so long, and so my dad has a machine shop, so I actually machined me some. So, you made um, you some light stands that roll. You machine your own. Stands. Yeah, your your life sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you using before that? You were using. I have I have a I have a five gallon bucket, and what you do is you get a piece of um, it's like four inch sewer pipe actually from Home Depot, and you glue a cap on the bottom of it, the the end cap, and this costs you a couple bucks, and you put that right in the center of these um the Home Depot bucket and we take that and we take a drywall screw and there's a spot right in the bottom of the bucket that tells you where the center is and you drill that drywall screw through the bottom of the bucket and then you screw it into that cap that's on the end of this four inch pipe. So and now you've got yeah. a four inch pipe sticking in the middle of the stuck in the middle of the bucket like a bun cake bucket. like a bun cake deal. Oh, I, okay, like exactly. a bun cake pan upside down. Just like a bun cake. And then you fill it with concrete, but do not fill it all the way up. Only fill it about a fourth of the way up, between a fourth and a third of the way up, because you can't move that thing. It's so heavy. So, um, and then you buy some black pillowcases from Walmart, the large ones. <laughs> See, this is the kind of stuff I love. This is, yeah, this black is pillowcases. Uh, not go get yourself some black fabric, but black pillowcases for Walmart, which are cheap. Clearly. And yeah, already absolutely. cut. Already cut for you. Absolutely. And they're perfect. They fit in there, and then you push that through the center of your, um, you know, your pipe. And that way, when you put your light stand in there, you can fold the legs up, and you can get them really close to the wall. So let me explain what he's doing here. Oh, oh, oh. So, he, so, so you take the, the, take the pillowcase, and you drape it over the top of the bucket. All right. Mm-hmm. Then take your light stand with the legs folded up, all right, and push it straight down into the pipe so that it's pushing the it's pushing the the black drape right down into the pipe. Right. And now what you've got is this black drape is draped out over the bucket. So you've got this nice round black base and your light stand is stuck in there and it's holding your light. And you've got a smaller footprint on the floor, so you can. So if you're in a small space, yes, you can. You can get a little because more you, a five gallon yours. bucket is about half the footprint of the legs or on less. a big on a big light stand. But now you, so now your light stand is just basically a pole, and it's stuck down in there. It, the thing that's filled with concrete, so it's not going to come. It's not going to fall over on you. That right? is pr- that's pretty clever. Yeah, so it's it's, a, it's like a flower pot for your. Light stand, huh. basically, is huh. what it is, and that's what he was using when I was there. And I was like, "What? What? The, what is that?" You know, because he had no legs sticking out from his lights, and yeah. they were all in these old round black little uh, nice draped buckets. Kevin, I take back everything bad I ever said about you. You're a, you're a pretty clever guy. <laughs> you're well, a very clever guy. I, 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 I hate that little footprint on the ground. Plus, it's a it's, a, it's something somebody can trip over. Right. So we try to eliminate that. And because I'm a math person, I went through seven calculuses, which is pretty good for somebody who failed math in high school. Algebra 1 was the highest I had in high school, and I went through seven calculuses. And so I'm always thinking, and in, in math, you have variables, all these crazy variables all over the place, and you're always trying to turn every variable you can into a constant. 
So anything I can take and reduce down to something simpler, we're always trying to do that. On the wall, so I don't have to put background stands up, I get an eye bolt from Home Depot with a lag, it's a lag bolt with an with a eye bolt. And we screw those into the wall, and then we put two um, bolts up from that, and that's now our background stand. Yeah, I, I'm going to be doing that here, I think, at some point, because when you – and you need that. Like, if you're going to put up, like, a 20 – like, a 10-foot-wide drape or something, the magnet wall is not going to be so good for that, right? So you want to use an actual bar, like the bar that you use for a, a portable background stand, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm asking Kevin, right? That's why you need it for a no, bigger No, I'm background. responding for him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is, see, I, ha- I, ha- I did a shoot, and um, a kid, you know, pushed through the, the background. Ah. And so I said, ooh, I don't want that to happen anymore. So if I said, if I put that all the way against the wall, they can't push through it. So what he's got is he's got two little L's brackets that are coming out from exactly. his wall. And uh, like an Allen wrench would look. And then he takes the pole, like the pole that um, you use on a portable background stand, and he just, chink, puts it right on that, uh, right there, right. and then attaches his, his uh, background to that. And so his background is maybe an inch away from the wall. Which, I don't know anybody who's ever photographed kids, if you're using seamless paper or background. I've had, I think every single photographer's had kids, like, lean against it, or, right. and, and, you know, it, it becomes a problem, but that's a really good way. He gets to it as close to the wall as you can get it. And whereas if you're using an actual stand, well, you've got the legs, and it's going to be a good foot off the wall, and now you're just in. The whole disaster. idea of keeping stuff off the ground makes it a lot easier for photographing right. kids and stuff like that too, because they if you put them in a, a space, especially an unfamiliar space, like it's cra- crazy. Ellie, my daughter's almost two, and at home she just is she sticks to the stuff that's hers, and for the most part she doesn't really get into anything in the house. Like she knows what she's not supposed to touch and what she's supposed to touch. But as soon as we take her to the studio, because she never comes to the studio except when we take her picture, and she just starts running around and like pulling stuff down and like getting into everything because it's right. new. So right. you have a kid come into your studio and they're going to immediately just start like, especially little toddlers, they have a tendency to just get into everything and just start touching stuff and they could get hurt or they could break something pretty easily. I don't know if you ever had a kid push over a light stand or anything like that, but you know, it's a pretty, pretty great idea not only to get more space to work in, but also to um, be able to um, you know, be, be a safer place for people to work into. All right, I think we're about ready to wrap up our, our tips portion of the program, Kevin. Is there anything you can think of that you, you wanted to add that we haven't asked you about? No, but um, what I can do is I can send you all some pictures if you all want if y'all want them and you all can post them on your Oh, website. I would love that. Yeah, we'll post Absolutely. that with the episode. That would be awesome. Absolutely. We'll get that on the Facebook page. Yeah, what a killer cuz I think it's as as you're explaining it and I'm trying to visualize what it is, right. you know. That's a great thing to post on the Facebook page. So we're like, "Hey, this is all the crap that Kevin spent a whole lot of time <laughs> trying to figure out how to do." And uh, you know, maybe we could even get some recipes from you too if you want to if you want to send us anything else you got kicking around your studio that's really cool that as soon as you get off the interview with us, you're like, "Oh, man, I should have said this and just send us pictures of whatever you got and we'll post them on the Facebook page when we launch the episode. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll be happy to do that for you. I also want to ask you real quick before we let you go, you sent me uh, something that was, I think it was on eBay the other day and did you actually seriously take a look at maybe buying it? The Ansel Adams camera? No. <laughs> what were they? It was an actual camera that was an Ansel Adams camera. An Arca Swiss. Are you, are you there, Kevin? Yes, yeah, an Arca Swiss. Oh, an Ar- oh, it's called an Arca Swift. But every once in a while, he'll send me a link to something he finds because he's he, he's a perpetual garage sailor and just looking uh, for cool stuff. And so he'll come across something like an Ansel Adams camera for sale. Yeah. Like, now, wow. hey, you know, I bet it's how much was it going for? By the way, 
I think it was starting at like 20000 Oh, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, pick up one. I'll just hold on. Let me look under the couch cushions and I'll find that. No no problem. <laughs> hey, Kevin. I, I, do, I, do have a, I do have a Kodak, a 100-year-old Kodak camera in here, a nice um, big studio camera. You ever use it? I just got it. Oh. <laughs> oh. First, he's going to have to machine shop a new uh, film, right, you yeah. know, film holder for it. And he's legs. actually going to produce. He's going to get polyester and start to produce his own film. Got to make his own film. Yeah, that's yeah, got to make his own. That's film. totally going to save. I'm going to find somebody who knows how to use it and has the stuff, and I'm just going to hire him to photograph me in the studio. Well, that's one way to do it. That's cool. Hey, man, I just want to say thanks, Kevin. You know, you. Um, I know that you've probably got hundreds and hundreds of tips and little things that you don't even think about. They're so normal to you now. But we appreciate you giving up your time to be able to help our listeners do some cool stuff and can't wait to get those images from you so we can share what you're doing with everybody. Well, thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Kevin. Thanks, bud. See ya. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not kidding. The most efficient-looking studio I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Everything about it, it, it was like it had just been cleaned for me to come there, and I know that wasn't the case. I know that that's, in fact, the way it looks all the time. That's just how it has it all the time. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything in its place. Everything was organized, and I just, was, I just wanted to be like, can I just, can I just work in this studio? Right. And because the amount of work and care that you put into this room is so evident the right. minute you walk in there. You know, um, one of the things that I saw Kevin give a program once, and he is honestly like, and I think we've said this on the show before, in his speaker bio, it says, you know, he's been called the Martha Stewart of photography, but he's not. He's a prop comic of photography. He's the carrot top of photography. <laughs> he brings a lot of stuff. He, he brings, I'm telling you, he showed up to give this program, and he has his big SUV packed with, he just brings everything he's got, and right. he lays it out all on tables and just runs around from thing to thing telling you what it is. And I, there were people just scribbling so many notes. Yeah, you like, can't. Oh, yeah, there's so much, so much information. And so, um, you, one of the things that I really like that he did, and this isn't necessarily an efficiency tip, but he uses, um, like a lot of photographers in Florida um, and elsewhere, uses Larson softboxes, really big, beautiful softboxes. But they have a big patch on the side of them with the Larson logo. Right. And so Kevin says, he goes, you know, why do I want to display their logo in my studio? So he he took the patch off, made his own patches for his business with That's his right. logo, on, and That's he right. has his logo on That's the side right. of his softbox. I'll tell you one better. You've never been to his house. When you go to his house and you pull into his driveway, he's got one of those big uh, brick, big brick round mailboxes out front. Right. Yeah, the logo is on the side of the mailbox. Right. So it's not technically... <laughs> it's not, not on the mailbox. It's on the brick, the whole brick thing. So if you're coming to his house to do a shoot, you're, oh, is this the right house? Well, there's his logo yeah, right there. clearly. And it's not a sign, you know, right? or it's advertising a business, but you just see the logo and you know that you're at the right place. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the problems, too, of having a home-based right. studio. Right. You can't put a sign out front. You can't put a sign out front. There are even homeowners associations, neighborhoods where if you have a branded vehicle. Right, you can't park it in the you, driveway. You can't park in the That's dri- why we don't have a branded vehicle. Or you have to cover it up. You have to cover it, like put, I had a friend of mine who cleaned pools back in the day and he used to, um, had his logo on the side of his truck and he had to get a big magnet. Right, to just cover Just a it. blank magnet. Uh, a blank magnet. <laughs> he just covered up his yep. logo when he parked yep, absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, so do you have a question? Uh, yeah, we got a little. Uh, we can we, answer real quick before yeah, we, we wrap quick, this one up. Let's go to, let's go to the mailbox. Let's go to the Speaking mailbox. Speaking of mailboxes, let's go to the mailbox and pull a listener question out here. And it says, good evening, Gary. Quick question. Um, he said, here we go. What are you using for collapsible backdrops when you shoot corporate stuff on location? He says, I've got white and gray seamless in my studio, but I need something for on the go. That is from Eric. And uh, I will say, Eric, I use the Westcott X-Drop system. And actually, from friend of the show, Pete Wright, used it. And I saw a program that he gave one time. And it's it's about, I think it's around 100 to 150 bucks. I forget exactly. But it's like a 
a, a, a thin metal frame that pops up like almost like a display sign would. If you ever right. see those collapsible banners and stuff. Like spider arms. Right. And so it's really skinny metal arms. It's called the Westcott X-Drop system. And then the backgrounds are just um, like foldable material that's wrinkle-free that you just roll up. And it's got little holes in them, little grommets for you to hook onto the edges of the X. So it just supports the background on the frame. And the whole thing, you can get a background that's like three, three and a half or four feet by seven feet, something like that. And they are um, the whole thing folds up into a um, a little bag about the size of a party sub. So okay. it's, you know, so it's re- right. and it's super portable because I used to use a lot more the collapsible ones that are like a giant reflector. Right, that's what I use for the uh, and photo those booth. are great, and I still use those from time to time because um, I don't have as many of the X drop backgrounds as I do, and plus I have variety and it's. A lot of the stuff on my website was shot on stuff that I used to use more, so I still have to bust those out from time to time. But even when you fold those up, they're still... It's a know, pretty big round disc. Yeah, they're still like three feet across. Right. And, so, and, and there's no way to really pack them efficiently where the X-Drop goes into my, into my light stand bag. It'll fit in there with all the other light stands and stuff. So it's actually really portable, especially if you work by yourself. It's a really easy background if you're shooting individuals. You can do black, you can do white, and they have loads of other ones on the website that you can buy different patterns and, and types of muslins or material. And one of the cool things is that um, I learned from Pete Wright is that you can actually get custom ones made. Um, if you use Colorado Timberline, which they make promotional products and stuff like that, they will custom print you a background that will fit on that system okay. with the grommets and everything for about 50 bucks. So if you've got a company that you're going to do some work for, you could design a background specifically for them. And get it made for 50 bucks. Here's the thing. One, they're going to have a background that no one else has. And two, you're the only one that has it. That's so right. when they need more work, they got to come yeah. back to That's you right. to get That's the same right. background. That's right. Okay, here's my question, though, um, because I'm still using the pop-up. And I use I have one, uh, light, one light stand, and at the top of it, I put uh, a clamp. So I can take that one light stand and put my pop-up on it and clamp it down. And so instead of having two feet out to either side, I just have the stand right behind the pop-up. Because for me, many times it's a photo booth uh, situation, and I need to minimize yeah, space. Yeah, I mean, there are ways to do it that have one light stand. Instead I like two. yours better. I do. But what's your distance? Like, if you were going to put it against the wall... How far from the wall out to the to the background? Well, here's actually this is because isn't there a little bit of you know we actually put on a headshot for charity event in Atlanta. Right. This is very relevant. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, and I and basically we go to the, we have some um, clients slash friends that run a taping service and acting school out of Atlanta, and the room that they set us up in to do the headshots is tiny. I mean, it's barely bigger than a good sized closet. And there isn't room to put any background because the X-Drop stand by itself does go out kind of far behind it. You can get a little play there, but it does front to back take up a, a decent amount of space. Yeah, what would you say is an uh, estimate on it? Because that's the one reason I haven't done it. It's probably because, two, two and a half feet. Yeah, so, it's gotta, so you've got to have whatever distance you've got to have to do your shoot, you have to have another two and a half feet right. for the back of that Unless, background. Now, here's the cool thing about the X-Drop backgrounds is they're like made out of sweatshirt material. And they're light. And so what I did was last time I gaff taped one just to the wall. Right. That's what I was going to say. If you've got a situation, you know, if you're in a situation with a wall and you can't just tape it to the wall. I was in a tight space and I just I had a roll of gaff tape and I just taped it up on the wall. And if you use the right kind of tape, like blue painters tape or gaff tape, it's not going to damage yeah. the wall. Because I want to switch to that system because the light stand that I carry for holding and the, and the disc 
Those two things, the big, those two things are unmanageable, right? Especially and if, if I you're just had a, that little bag that you carry, it's much more manageable that way. So that and a roll of duct tape, gaff and tape. I sh- gaff tape, and Definitely I should, don't duct tape. No, not duct tape. I'm sorry, gaffer's tape. <laughs> uh, I should be able to handle either either situation. If I have right. room, I use it normal, and if I don't have room, I'll tape it to the wall. Piece of cake. Yeah, it's it's right. actually not that big of a deal. Right. What I have done in the past with the with the folding backgrounds too is I've actually just put a chair against the wall and I just set it on the chair. And right. so I've used that to get a little more play and not have to use the – if I don't have room to set up the light stands on the big folding ones. But, hey, Eric, thanks for the question. Hope that helps you out, my friend. And I think um, – you got anything interesting coming up? I got nothing. Me either. I got nothing coming yeah. up. Oh. Uh, we're not promoting for the first time. But let me say this. Please go give us a good review. Go give us a good review on iTunes. We need reviews. It reviews, really does reviews. help. We got a good amount. But you know what? We do. I have yeah. many more good reviews. I actually went and read some of the reviews. There's a nice – people said some nice things about us. I really us. do. Thank yeah. you very much. Very folks few who bad things. Reviews. Yeah, we got yeah. some loyal listeners out yeah. there. We, so we, if you haven't given us a review on iTunes, please go and do that. Also, be sure and check out our uh, our. Uh, you can find all our all of our episodes online at iTunes or um, any of the uh, uh, programs, many downloadable programs you can use for Android or even on uh, Google Play. You will find the podcast there, and you can find Gary at HughesFiorelli.com. Yes, you can. You can find me at BooRayPerry.com, and you had something you wanted to add. I think. Yes, and speaking of rewarding our loyal, loving listeners, if you want to save on getting some really cool lighting gear that I've been using a lot lately. Go to xpphotogear.com, and if you use the code LIGHT at checkout, L-I-G-H-T, you will get free shipping on your order and a set of spe- a speed light gel system that's really cool, that's really efficient. So um, just for being a listener of the show, so just go to xpphotogear.com All right. and, uh, and use the code LIGHT. You, you can find out. us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast, and that's where we'll be posting the, the stuff that Kevin's going to send Can't us. Can't wait. I'm really program. excited to get those yeah. pictures. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the guy's a genius. Really yeah. All right, so that does it for this week, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, see you later. Yeah.